Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and we are here to talk both news and cues. The Q stands for questions, and the news stands for news. Every word that I say now, Ken, I think about how would that fit in a game of Wordle? I've become obsessed. I don't know about you. I have avoided this, sir. I understand it's a game, a game of words. Uh, is it everything it's cracked up to be? Oh, it's so lovely. It's everything that I want, Ken, because when I saw it pop up on everybody's feed, I was like, no, I have borderline addiction problems when it comes to video games. Never. And then I heard someone uh, tweet these blessed words. You can only do one a day. And I was like, I heard angels sing uh, because that's what I need out of gaming is something that's really fun. And then you can't have any more. You can't go just one more. So it has been really nice because it's just this one manageable fun treat. And then it's done for the day. That sounds promising. Okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll come around on that. I don't know. Because if I only had one bounty hunting mission a day on Red Dead Redemption, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> right? I mean, that would be really weird if you uh, actually purchased a video game and like, nope, nope, you can only chase one bear in Red Dead Redemption, and then you have to stop for the day. But it's, a, it's great. Anyway, that's where my mind is this morning. I'm happy to be here and talking Star Wars. We are going to talk Star Wars, but before we do, we always uh, want to remind you, speaking of words, many words are in books, and today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. <laughs> Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And that's not all, Joseph. No, we have another offer, Insight Editions, our publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. They are offering 35% off across their entire website if you use this special link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Insight Editions book, Jedi Artifacts, a book that stretches the definition of what a book can be. It looks like a book, but then you fold it open and it's just got all of these uh, wonderful Artifacts. They are little little uh, Jedi. I, I'm trying to find the right noun. There's no better one than artifacts. I was going to say toys or trinkets, but th- that sounds demeaning. These are artifacts. Anyway, if you like the Secrets of the Jedi, that kind of uh, vibe of kind of trying to get closer to the order and feel a part of it, this book is really, really great. Uh, again, you can use this link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. I've got it right in my hands right now, the Jedi artifacts. And you're right. It, it, it's, you don't want to insult it and say trinkets, especially because it's the Jedi. But it's, it's literally this little book that opens up and little artifacts fall out. And you got them. Yeah, some really cool artifacts and some really uh, big fold-out uh, walk through Jedi history. It's great. I, I would love to spend some more time with it. Uh, absolutely. Well, do so if you want to spend more time with it by going to Inside Editions. Uh, 
Good stuff. Uh, before we get into news, we always like to catch up on life. Uh, and well, uh, Joseph, if your life uh, doesn't, uh, you know, if it goes beyond Wordle, uh, <laughs> let us know. What everything else good? <laughs> oh, it goes so so far beyond Wordle. Uh, yes, many many uh, uh, life adventures. Some uh, joyful, some extremely challenging stuff. Um, in Star Wars, is always there with me. In fact, at one point, I think it was this week. Uh, there was uh, some stressful stuff going on with, you know, life and career stuff. And I actually did open that Jedi artifacts book in it. <laughs> it was like meditating to look at all those calming Jedi artifacts. So that was very nice. Uh, the other Star Wars adventure I, I had that I wanted to share on the podcast is I feel like I've been having these weird sort of shadow Star Wars <laughs> mm. adventures where uh, what I'm affected by I- thinking about Star Wars is, um, Things that have a relationship to Star Wars, like last week, mm-hmm. I was thinking a lot about the whole Scream franchise and how much Star Wars has, uh, you know, penetrated uh, an entirely different franchise. Uh, I watched a movie with my wife this weekend that I have been meaning to watch for years. I was uh, too young for it when it came out uh, from 1976, uh, the film Network. Have you ever seen Network, Ken? Uh, I've I've read the script and screenwriting class, but never saw the film. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was both what everybody had always told me and a really different experience. And uh, mm-hmm. for people who have seen Network, and it's a, you know, I, I'm sure there are some people screaming at their, you know, listening device. You've never seen Network, you know, yeah. uh, things uh, slip through the crack. I always knew it was a, a, a critical examination of news becoming uh, entertainment. Uh, mm-hmm. And now it's it's fascinating to watch of like, oh, man, if the creators of this film were concerned about news becoming entertainment (laughs) in the dangers of greed uh, over facts, they would be, you could power uh, whole cities by them spinning in their graves. uh, You know, if that was their criticism in 1976, anyway, uh, just to me, uh, just a, an amazingly well-made film, a, a funny, but bleak satire of, of, you know, star Wars themes that, that Lucas definitely, tapped into that are big world themes about uh, greed and selfishness and right. uh, and obsession and uh, all these different ideas. But the thing that really struck me of like, okay, I saw this film that I've always heard of. It's from 1976. It was brilliant. It was dark, dark satire. And it just really hit me like a wave of being alive and being an adult then and yeah. thinking so much of what you could see in the movie theaters was this and thinking a year later, Star Wars comes out. And there are many uh, interviews with Lucas where he talks about like, yeah, no, I, I, I made a dark <laughs> yeah. dystopia movie. All of my friends loved making, hey, look, th- this is the harsh reality. No more sugarcoating. This is what's really going on. And Lucas saying like, I wanted kids to see something to be, A, just to have a fun experience in the theater and B, to be hopeful. Mm-hmm. And it was really just, it was palpable to have watched Network, absolutely loved it for what it is. But then think about what a breath of fresh air it is. Because you watch a film like Network and it's a, through satire and tragedy, we're driving home to you these problems in our society, these problems in the human condition. But it doesn't suggest a lot of solutions. And here comes Star Wars, bright and playful and fun, but also uh, uh, hope, right? Of saying, yep, here are problems, but maybe here are some ways forward. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm thinking too of the yeah, really love what you're saying about the time 
that Star Wars came out and uh, how important that was and what was going on there. Great stuff. Yeah, as we're as you're talking, it's like seventy six. I thought it came out in eighty seven. Now that was broadcast news, which was another <laughs> film. Which you did you also read that in uh, screenwriting class? Uh, no, I did not. Which probably oh, I'm less familiar with it. Yeah, no, great stuff. I, I love uh, I love the the history of, of cinema there in that time. It's fascinating. It's fascinating to see uh, Star Wars emerge from that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the I think meanings and ideas of things change over time, and I, it's funny to see that in our in our own lifetimes of things. You and I remember Ken that people won't remember the context of. You know, I mm-hmm. always think of Goldeneye coming out in 1995. Goldeneye was answering these big questions of can James Bond be relevant in this time period, and yeah, I think a lot of people just coming to James Bond just like yeah, it's the next one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not it. That's not what it was at the at the time. So I love trying to go back to times that I was not alive and try to emotionally put myself in that place of what would have been like to to see this in the context of the world Mm. as it existed when it when it initially came out i I love that i love talking to folks i've said it before but folks who are old enough to watch that star destroyer come over their heads and it changed their lives like it's a fascinating thing we're in a new world by the time we see those engines yeah so that was my uh weird star wars adventure this week how about you Mine is more direct. Uh, Grace and I were going to watch a movie Saturday night, and, and we are at times uh, one of those uh, couples that decisions on things to watch or eat can paralyze us. We we are that uh, that joke, that hacky joke of uh, you know we've eaten a, at every restaurant, and we're 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 on. I don't want to choose something that she'll not like, and she doesn't want to choose the pressure of choice. She it's a thing. So so we were like, we're going to watch a movie. We're each going to come to the table with three choices. And we're going to see, we're going to put it to vote. And our, our dog Baxter had a vote as well. Uh, <laughs> I brought, I'm always love, loving to go to movies that I, uh, you know, so familiar with. I can recite every line, but I haven't seen in a while. So I was like, all right, uh, I, I want to maybe watch Election, the the, the Reese Witherspoon, Matthew Broderick uh, film based off uh, the book there. And then uh, about 99, uh, maybe Tombstone. I love me a good uh, mm. pop rock uh, Western there. Love me some Kurt Russell. And then, uh, you know, uh, They Shall Never Grow Old, which is the Peter Jackson World War One doc, which I didn't think was going to get the votes. <laughs> uh, really been looking forward to that one. Yeah, it was not the night to watch it. Uh, she, she presented uh, The Last Duel. A uh, promising young woman, and then this movie, The Last Jedi, um, <laughs> that got the votes. But uh, really? yeah, that got the votes. But I'll tell you what, I didn't vote for it. <laughs> Baxter and her got the votes. I wanted to watch Election, but really wanted to watch. I haven't seen Election in a while. And she had said something the other day, and I said, "You're kind of like Tracy Flick," and she had no idea what I meant. I was like, "What are you? T- oh my gosh! Okay, where you going?" So, anyways, uh, I was happy to lose the vote and watch Last Jedi. Turned out, Joseph, pretty good movie. Pretty, pretty good movie. movie. Pretty good movie. So, I mean, that is not only the name similarities between Last Duel and Last Jedi. Uh, and my understanding is Last Duel has some Rashomon influences like Last yeah. Jedi does. Why do you think uh, your partner, Grace, why why was that the Star Wars movie that was feeling right for this week? I, I don't want to. She's not here to defend herself. Um, her, I think her favorite scene in all of Star Wars may be the Snoke throne room scene with uh, Kylo. and, and uh, Got it. Maybe her favorite one. I'm not saying it's an issue or a problem, Joseph, but she's always rooting for Kylo in that scene. <laughs> so she's watching it like a tragedy of like, maybe this time Ray will take his hand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Even to the point of yelling at the screen, and she loves Ray, by the way, but yelling at the screen, take it, you dummy, take it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when, when uh, he says destroy the past, uh, she's a like, great idea. Um, so, you know, we, it wasn't our time to have uh, deep Star Wars philosophical conversations. And I agree, too. It's just... Uh, 
one of my favorite scenes as well. And, and it's that amazing. Shot, yeah, that shot when when the, when the saber uh, cuts through Snoke and in, goes into Ray's hand and Ray reaches up to grab it. Ah, it's still just one of my favorites and it's, it's hers as well. So, yes, we watched it and, and it was just fun. Again, you know, it, you and I always say this is this is a fun little uh, job we have here that we've crafted after six years of Force Center for ourselves. But uh, we're still fans. And, and, and just to sit back and, and to know that uh, – I wasn't needing to pull any themes or favorite moments. I wasn't <laughs> ranking any dialogue lines, which we love doing here, but just sit back and watch this movie again. And just how, how beautiful a film it is. And just literally the shots and just a lot of stuff on crate. I just, I just uh, sit back and uh, take in and a lot of fun. So yeah, it turns out star Wars overall pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So you, when you just go on the, the thrill ride of watching it for yourself, it's crate that pops for you. And last Jedi. Yeah. I think so. I mean, there's so much there. I mean, again, that throne room scene. But even then, I love the opening sequence, uh, mm. the, the, the the escape from Dakar. And one of the things I love about it is 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 the, the I hate to say, it, but like the destruction. And, and and I just remember the first time I saw those those uh, bombers being destroyed, and when one explodes and the other Tie Fighter part goes the other to the other, and then and that's when we pick up with the uh, page being just horrified by what she's watching. I just there's it's such a powerful, overwhelming moment. I just remember being in the screen in the theater for the first time, seeing it on the screen, just going, just just couldn't believe I've seen it in terms of Star Wars. It was such a Star Wars battle, but just I felt that like that intake of oh my god, like, this isn't going good. Yeah, and, and to know what that means to the overall uh, just statement of the movie and everything, I, I really loved living in that moment as well. Oh, that's great. Uh, that's a beautiful picture that you and your partner and your dog sat down on a Saturday night and you enjoyed the inevitable chaos of war. Yes. <laughs> yes. But we're going to we're going to eventually watch election, which I'll tie to uh, lessons of Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so there we go. That's been our Star Wars lives inside and out. It's also one of those weeks where, you know, you're reading the fallen star and we're going to review that, go deep dive discussion on that uh, Thursday. And so uh, you are surrounded by Star Wars. And it's always a good feeling. Indeed. Little Star Wars news for you all here. Uh, we've got a fun little, uh, you know, I one of those things that's I. It's official. It's rumorish, but it's official, uh, not from Lucasfilm. But the Hollywood Reporter ran with an exclusive this past weekend or end of last week. The Cloverfield 10 and Scott Pilgrim versus the world star, among many other things, by the way. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is said to be part of the Ahsoka cast. Again, according to Boris Kitt over at the Hollywood Reporter, he's pretty good about that stuff. So uh, no word on the role, of course course no confirmation from lucasfilm we generally like to wait till the starwars.com machine says it's real but this one again tracks uh with kit's record so uh winstead uh, would be joining a cast that includes allegedly i guess we'd say <laughs> just <laughs> allegedly over all of it ivana sachno uh natasha lou bordizzo alongside Rosario dawson and don't forget hayden christensen production starts in the spring for the yet to be announced release date so Joseph, uh, this is uh, this is a fun uh, news story. Thoughts, wild speculations. Is she Hera? What do you think? <laughs> Let's run down the list of all possible living or perhaps could return from the dead characters that fit yeah. that era. It, it that is it, that's a fun thing, uh, and I, I am really intrigued to talk about some of the popular guesses that are out there if uh, she is indeed playing a known character. But my knee jerk reaction was just like great this is oh, i'm thrilled because i just i think the world of mary elizabeth winstead as a performer uh, i think 
uh, I particularly know her from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Think she's amazing. But in particular, uh, Huntress and Birds of Prey. Uh, mm. I love uh, the Birds of Prey film. I think it's a really unique uh, comic book film. She is particularly great in it as Huntress because uh, there's this great mix of uh, in her character of absolute uh, trauma. <laughs> uh drama that uh, that comes from that trauma uh, but she's hilarious and mm. manages to it, it's the script but it's also uh, in the direction obviously but it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead's performance as well where she manages to take some very well-known tropes about the vengeance in pop culture the character who needs vengeance uh, I am vengeance and makes it utterly fresh so her performance recently in Birds of Prey is one of the things that makes me just be like yes I am thrilled thrilled that she's in Star Wars I'm I'm excited I'm gonna follow your excitement um I gotta admit it, it, she's a name I know but I was rolling down the list I was like I I really haven't seen a ton of stuff she's in. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. World, I've seen once. Uh, not that I'm not a fan. It's just, it just, it just, I didn't find me when it was in theaters. It didn't find me when it was just a comic book. It, it just didn't find me until later. And so I was like, oh, yeah, she's okay. Yeah, she's yeah, she's that one. Uh, I haven't seen Fargo. Or of course, she uh, uh, works. At, was that where she met uh, Ewan McGregor? I don't know their love story. They, of course, oh, they're both in Birds of Prey as well. And Birds of Prey as well. Okay. So maybe, uh, but yeah, uh, which is what talk about uh, Star Wars power couples now. Uh, yeah. Obi Wan and un, undisc- undisclosed character uh, <laughs> partnered up there. That's great. So yeah, it's, I, it's a name I know from just pop culture. I am uh, excited and, and excited that this is a name that does carry a lot of cred. Uh, from, uh, you know, I know a ton of Scott Pilgrim fans, um, Cloverfield fans, all the, and what you're talking about, Birds of Price. So uh, she's obviously accomplished. I'm just excited. For me, this is a, this I kind of represent where sometimes a, a name comes in and Star Wars is going to be how you, uh, how you learn about them more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm not familiar with some of the other uh, people who have been allegedly cast, except for Hayden Christensen. I've heard of him. Heard of him. Heard of it. Yeah. Heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm curious about your your guesses uh, and how you're feeling about the general, like a, a big name is cast in a Star Wars show that people are excited about. Does your mind immediately go to what known characters can they play? Or do you spend more time speculating on what kind of character, known or unknown? I, I think nowadays I, it's the what kind of character. It's fun to go into the known characters, especially with this show. And I saw a lot of people out there tweeting the thoughts on Hera and, and that can work. And, and and where the show is going, you know, lends me to think that that's a little bit more what we're going to get. Um, but I nowadays, and the reason is I've always joked I'm bad at speculation, but the, the reason is, is going into a lot of the Star Wars stuff, even going to 2015, there was so much of that, oh, this person's in the movie, they must be playing X, and to discover that, nah, X is not in any of these films. You know, there's no need for X, there's just a, a, char- a kind of character. I, I do think that's there. So, um, I and, and what you're talking about with the sense of the, the humor uh, uh, that you might bring to more serious roles, that's that's perfect for Star Wars. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and being someone that is, you know, either Soka needs, runs into, uh, I don't know if you necessarily think fights, but, you know, that that, that could be, like that's going to be real fun, regardless. So yeah, I go there. The hair of it, hair of it all, uh, is interesting to me. I will admit, I find myself going a little bit of. I'm not. I'm not cynical about. Uh, it's just the rebels 2.0, but in live action. I'm not cynical about it, but it just seems I'm like. I guess this is what it's going to be, and I'm just going to kind of wait for it all to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I've had some now some time to emotionally process that it feels like the uh, actors who who played the characters in in animation, uh, even if they have a physical likelihood, that doesn't seem to be the path that it's going down. Right. So that's uh, one of those things like ah, I kind of had hopes for that uh, since a lot of the actors were good matches for their characters. But that's not where we're going. So so be it. Um, I do think that just kind of look wise and energy wise and um and timeline wise, Hera's a great guest. That's a fascinating uh, possibility. I am kind of fascinated just by the rumor mill of it all that the uh, one of the other actors who is allegedly cast, all that came with, and she's of course Sabine, right? Right, right, right. So just from my kind of uh, reporting, how does this information get out there? <laughs> yeah. You know, is that meaningful that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is not being, you know, in the in the trades attached as Hera? Uh, so. I'd be I'd be fascinated by that. Um, I, did, I wanted to ask you about the Leia stuff, right? Because a lot of people are going to Leia. I did see that too, yeah. And I think the Leia thing is really fascinating. I think one of the big uh, emotional threads for Ahsoka is it does seem like it was teed up in her appearance in The Mandalorian that she is not at peace with what happened to Anakin, which seems like she is definitely missing some information uh, about the, the last moments of his life. We've had many discussions uh, I've been really big about wanting a scene between Luke and Ahsoka because they both have something that they can give the other that Ahsoka yeah. can really tell uh, Luke who his father was as a young man in his prime. And Luke can tell her the change that he made, the good choice he made at the end of his life. Uh, and people have pointed out like, yeah, well, there, you know, there's more than one Skywalker sibling for her to meet. <laughs> yeah. And I think Leia is a really fascinating character for Ahsoka to meet just out of their like, their personalities, what what Ahsoka can uh, share with Leia about Padme, all that is great. But in terms of the kind of the Anakin question of it, I feel like Ahsoka has more to give Leia, right? Because Leia didn't get to have this relationship with him. She didn't get to experience that. Um, some of the expanded stuff, you know, when we go into Leia's head, she's like, well, Luke told me that he made a better choice at the end of his life uh, and wants me to use that to find some peace. But I don't know. Uh so that would be powerful for Ahsoka to be able to give Leia this this vision of who her father was and who her mother was. I am really on board for this, maybe even more than I would have thought a couple of years ago. I think you're so right about the story of Leia. And I I guess it's a, a rip the band-aid type of situation for me of I am very, very precious about Leia and Han and Luke, as we all are. And we saw Mandalorian. They brought a version of Luke back. We didn't spend a lot of time with him. Uh, and, and and you know, there was a big debate over, did it work? Did it look? Did it, did it? it was still a technological achievement. And also Luke was there. And you and I and a lot, many others felt that was right for that story. To sometimes I can be like, nah, you know, I don't want to recast. Uh, I think I was open to it for nine. And we had some discussions on who might mm-hmm. fill the role. But I, I think if it, it finally happens and it could open up more st- storytelling, in this era for characters like Leia, there's so much on the table left to explore with Leia, particularly in this time, uh, that I think if, if, if it finally happens and it's a, and it's an actor like this, uh, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead with her, her pedigree and her skills, I, I think it would work. And that feeling that I might have as a, as a fan going, I don't want to see anyone but Carrie do Leia, uh, which sometimes pops up, not all the time, but sometimes pops up. Uh, I think I'd be really excited and, 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 and in the hands of Filoni, which sometimes it's a, it's a weird statement to say, but I think he would, I, I trust he would know how to do it really well um, yeah. if I'm being blunt. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board for that. If I had to vote, that's the way I'd vote. 
Yeah, and I, I think I have a trust in the storytelling that Leia is not going to appear in Ahsoka's story unless it is a uh, unless it helps tell Ahsoka's story um, yeah. in the search for Ezra and Ahsoka's search for peace and whatever ultimately happens to Ahsoka. Um, or if there's hopes or thoughts of telling more story stories with Leia, this is a way uh, to both uh, assist in Ahsoka's story and also set up the possibility of more Leia storytelling. I just don't think that she would show up unless it would. There were really good storytelling reasons, so that gives mm -hmm. me some peace about it. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to avoid having any strong opinions at this point about recasting original trilogy characters because there's a part of me is like yeah i want to be able to have storytelling but at this point if we had okay we have recast young han but younger <laughs> yeah yeah than he was like so you know i know a lot of fans would be upset if uh, you know han showed up five years after return of the jedi played by uh all right yeah, yeah um then when, when we have luke it's there's there's a lot of digital magic that goes into it instead of just recasting and then here's a whole third <laughs> way to do it uh uh, I think there'd be so many opinions, but I guess that's Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and you brought up the Alden of it all too, and I, I want to even add on to my thoughts. Uh, it's it's something about this era, this like five years after or whatever, this post Return of the Jedi era of those classic characters. Where I, I you know, I think you and I would be in the group. Of, hey, fine, Alden plays. Yeah, that's great. Let's let's do it. But like, I think that is I find myself protective of that era and those characters, if that makes sense. So you, yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It would be discussed. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, you know, another great thing to, to look about, Leia, is you're exactly right to bring up the Mandalorian of I really feel like that story, that Luke appearing came up organically of this is the story we want to tell with the child. Who would answer this call? Who would it really be? And I think if we start to see Leia in this era of the kind of general uh, five years-ish after, if that's when Ahsoka is set, uh, that it will be because, look, we've run down the options and this is the person who would answer that call. This is the person that 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 our main character must talk to. It's, you know, it, it would be an entirely different story if it wasn't this person. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Yeah. And I still, I, I, the Ahsoka episode, I still love that, you know, they, the question is, is, is it Ahsoka? No. And here's some reasons why. And here's some stuff going on with her. Gets more more excited for the series. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I'm with you too. If I, when I first see the casting, I'm just like, oh, do I know that actor? Am I excited by that actor? For me, this one, yes, know that actor. Very excited. It's really fun to have the the big Star Wars community guessing of unknown characters. But at the end of the day, I just want a good actor uh, playing whatever role is needed in the story. So yeah. a lot of possible. If this is indeed the the search for uh, Thrawn, the search for Ezra via finding Thrawn, yeah. You know, if she's a Thrawn ally, a Thrawn jailer, a guide to the unknown regions, a random bounty hunter, she could be a million things. And I'm just happy she's in the show. She'd be one of them uh, chess characters from the Thrawn books, too. There's a world of possibilities, right? I think she's the daughter from Mortis in Visions since the daughter's passed. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> or can we always have to keep in mind she could be an early Snoke clone? We always have to keep that in mind. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> absolutely true. That makes sense. That's the one. That's the one. It also got me thinking, final thought on the story for me, Joseph. It's like, we're we in the middle of Book of Boba Fett. We're getting ready for some more Bad Batch. I'm so excited about Kenobi. A little nervous, but excited. And thrilled to explore what Andor will be all about. And then I saw this story and I was like, oh, that's right. It doesn't stop. <laughs> we're gonna keep going and what a time to be a star wars fan that where where, where there'd be a time where kenobi on tv would be like it it'd be the thing for 10 years that we're waiting for 
It'd be the yeah, one thing. Absolutely. Now, yeah, that would just be the, the, the little uh, Star Wars biscuit that would sustain us <laughs> for years. For years. For years. Uh, we'll let you know if it becomes official or any kind of information on Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character in the Ahsoka uh, show, of course. Other story of the day, uh, a big one here, a Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga trailer and launch date reveal. This is the gameplay trailer. We'd seen kind of the story trailer before. Of course, this game, highly anticipated, and uh, a lot of, we've been waiting for it for a while, some announcements of, hey, it was coming out, then it got moved, and uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that in a second here, but uh, this came out, uh, we got to see this nice, about six and a half minute gameplay trailer what were some of the highlights for you joseph uh i really liked that it was just really walking through and answering uh some of the questions that i have like a lot of times the video game trailers will come out and it will be like cool graphics and they mm-hmm. you, you learn some story beats some character beats but i i always and this might be grumpy yelling at a cloud uh, perspective like right but what's the gameplay <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah cool it looks pretty uh w- what kind of buttons am i going to mash to do what and i love that this whole thing just kind of walked through exactly what it's going to be like um couple of things that I thought were interesting is uh, that it's a little bit more combat focused and seems to be wanting to really convince people that there's some more finesse to be had in the combat. Um, I really liked that it emphasized that you can aim and you will get different results. Like if you hit a trooper in the foot and we had that shot of uh, the trooper shaking their foot. Right. Uh, I thought that was funny combined with very early on in the trailer. Uh, it looks like poet to an all village and uh, I, I rewound a couple times. He's uh, he appears to be repeatedly shooting troopers in the crotch. <laughs> oh, Poe! So it's good to know that you can you can aim for the crotch. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Uh, I also really like. Uh, I always like this mechanic in video games. But another highlight for me was uh, I believe the narrator says something along like, "You can take cover and assess the risks and opportunities." It's a picture of a uh, of Finn, uh, you know, dumping, jumping down there, uh, diving down uh, on the on the star destroyer. Uh, I, I always like that mechanic in games. So those were a couple of, like just the kind of um, mm-hmm. actual mechanics highlights for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. There now, I've been a fan of the the Lego games for a while now. Big fan of Lego, as a lot of you know. So I, I've always been on board. Love the humor and the and the gameplay trailer uh, continued that. A lot of little Easter eggs, a lot of fun little things there. But in terms of actual gameplay, um, I, I can tell I'm already going to get frustrated. <laughs> Some of the right. yeah, some of the Lego games just over, over the years have gotten wonderfully complicated, and there's just more things for me to worry about in this. One. Yeah, no, there's definitely some of that. I mean, I think I have just uh, changed uh, as a gamer because when I was a younger person, I wanted as much game as possible, and like some of the shots were like, look at all the weird places you're going to have to figure out how to get up there on Exegol to get that, and I'm already like, ah, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, like I play my my MLB show baseball game. I have it on the simplest mechanic to swing and pitch like two buttons i'm there there because they have they have options now where like feel the weight of the bat press here there's no man no if i go play the game if I, i'm playing the video game man um so i but i said it, it it's clearly the biggest of them all and and you get that feeling from just looking at it but there's some things uh, highlighting that you know there might be different ways to get into uh the you yeah. know certain parts that's something that i love i love uh i get a little frustrated when there's only one way to do it you must solve this puzzle and, and some of that stuff's fun but like even, even my first go around when i played the first uncharted i i got a little like i just I'd love to be able to find different ways in there and for them to say that hey if you can take your time you can go direct you can sneak in Love that. Love the idea that there's the main story. And then they kind of said, hey, look, if you want to pause and go explore a little bit, you can do that. Love that because there's so many wonderful worlds. 
that they're showing on this, like, oh, to Gunga, like, I want to go swim around and go see what's on the planet for me there. Coruscant, if I get to explore a little bit and take my time and not feel like I have to rush forward, that's going to counteract any uh, frustration I'll have trying to fly the Falcon and all those kind of things. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it, as much as we're being honest about how we approach video games, uh, I think from <laughs> yeah. uh, from a perspective of how long we've been playing them and how we play them now, it did. It was awesome that it looked like it. you could do whatever you wanted, right? Like one of the shots I really liked is um, Vader just flinging a Gamorrean guard real, real far, real far away. And like that, that's some of the fun and fantasy of these games. So like yeah. it's great to know like, okay, I could I could just really focus on the, the force-wielding characters, level up, and I could wander Coruscant, <laughs> uh, throwing Rodians uh, from uh, roofs. You know, like, yeah. great, great. Nothing against a uh, uh, Rodian, <laughs> uh, but yeah, whatever it was that like Qui Gon's like. There's like, a, go see what's going on in the Senate. Like, hell yeah, yeah, I want to oh. do that. So uh, yeah. I'm excited that I can shape just spending some time in Star Wars any way I want, and and that's what's so exciting about this one. Of sometimes it takes something like a video game for people who've maybe bumped at on different parts of the, of the saga to feel like it's all one story. And, you know, I think even people who have some problems with say, for example, prequels or sequels, uh, just spending some time wandering around Exegol that might warm some hearts towards the film. Hey, you you know, how many times I talk about Mustafar battlefront Two, ruminations. That's that was big. And I saw someone else tweet that they, they experienced that same thing, or maybe it was a comment on our YouTube page. That was just like, Hey Ken, right there with you. Yeah, you're right. Just, I think that's going to be key. Once you kind of see it all there, uh, rise of Skywalker, uh, you know, I think was, uh, built for video games, which some people don't like. I, I, I <laughs> was part of the, the, the DNA. Uh, you talk about the serial adventure of, of star Wars. It's in there. So to actually see it in video game form, it's great. The world's, and yeah, taking your time. That's what I love. Uh, you know, a little bit open world, a little bit uh, needing to go forward. Good combo, both. And plus it's Lego. Lego games, are they are just fun. There's always a humor yeah. to them that I love. 300 playable characters, uh, including, it would seem, Babu Frick, Gontroid. <laughs> Any characters who are looking forward to playing outside uh, the normal choices, Joseph? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I saw something that there is some sort of Bad Batch pack Um so mm-hmm. I love tech. Uh, saw the black series uh, action figure of him hanging in, in a target. And uh, I, I, I made my saving throw against uh, purchasing him. So not collecting the black series yet, but I love tech. So I'd love to spend some time as tech. Uh, Claude. Yes. yes. <laughs> Claude would be fun to see exactly uh, how Claude functions. I think the big one, obviously the, this character is going to appear. I'm curious if there is a way that you can be this version of the character um i'm sure palpatine will be playable but my question is can you play him while he's hanging from a claw that's what i really i want to roll around (laughs) with half dead uh, sheave hanging from a claw that's who i want to play oh that's uh that's spectacular i mean babu frick is my number one choice i yeah i i I have to admit i didn't do a deep dive i sometimes don't want to be too spoiled on on what i can do in the video games until they come out but i thought i saw that there was a possibility that mr bones exists as a character oh yeah i think i saw some tweets oh yeah i'm i'm with you i watched the trailer and i didn't go beyond that uh but i did see some people discussing the possibility of mr bones yeah, and, and I just, Mr. Bones is this character. I literally sat in an office one day at my old job and said, I hate this character. And now I love Mr. Bones. I love <laughs> Mr. Bones. So I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to give a violent hug to all the characters of the game with that one. And then, you know, if, you know I think you're going to do the same thing too, Joseph. We can explore. If you get to Coruscant, you know I'm going to try to find Dex's Diner. Which oh, is, yeah. 
decks exist at all in the game and you can play them. I mean, I'm taking him around to do some prospecting on sub Tyrell. I'm going to go all around the galaxy with the decks. Yeah, no, I hope, I hope you can play decks and I hope you can play Pong Krell. And I would, <laughs> uh, I mean, generally, especially on four center, try to be uh, positive aligned with the light side, but in video games, sometimes I do like the, you know, let the aggression out and uh, being Pong Krell and just <laughs> running around throwing people around <laughs> because I'm a piece of, a bleep that'd be great <laughs> i'm with you on that too there so and then maybe you know i have in, in doing the clone wars report i have so much more sympathy for the 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 battle droids and their plight uh and and uh i, I wouldn't mind taking a battle droid out for a spin maybe getting some oh weapons. yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, a lot of work went into this game and perhaps maybe too much. We do want to acknowledge that there is uh, uh, a, a studio, the studio behind this game, which is TT Games, has been around for a long time. They've done the Lego games. There, there's an article out there. You can look on Polygon.com and talking about the Lego Star Wars of Skywalker saga has led to extensive crunch at uh, TT Games. And there's a lot of talk these days of uh, crunch culture and uh, – premeditated crunch culture. We just want to acknowledge that it's out there, Joseph. Uh, you know, a lot of, um, you know, studio video games and studios who make games. It's an industry that is going through a lot of changes or hopefully going through a lot of changes. There's always a lot going on. This we want to acknowledge, but it's out there if you want to, you guys want to take a, a deeper dive into what that means and what that story's about. Yeah, I, I read the article because I do want to know uh, what's going on. I think it is great that this kind of uh, crunch culture, particularly premeditated of like, yeah, we will make this deadline because we will just sort of have a culture where it's expected of you uh, to stay late, work hard. You know, work hard is fine within your hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of of yeah. honest of making it it making it an unpleasant uh and sometimes even dangerous work experience for people i think it's obviously being discussed in the video game culture because it is this specific um crunch culture in uh video games and programming uh but it's also we're across uh our culture are having discussions about uh when we are pushing ourselves uh in a way that's not productive as people particularly as workers so i think it's a great large cultural conversation we're having i think it's uh, great to call out and i think that uh for myself i think that is a thing that i really want to be aware of that we have framed our culture in many ways in my opinion that striving harder and harder and harder is always better and like the you know almost the office space of do you want to do just the bare minimum <laughs> and that just just doing a good job and getting by isn't good enough everything is about more and more and more i think it's a, a thing that's really good to analyze uh, always is. I've been on both sides of it. I will admit I am sometimes the one, uh, you need to be here. You need to work. And also I'm the 15 pieces of flair guy. <laughs> I uh, no, I, I, I am right there with you in various, you know, creative work. I have sometimes, um, pushed, uh, too hard and, yeah. and I regret yeah. that and I want to learn from it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and, and it's an interesting conversation, but we want to acknowledge it. And it's part of this game. Uh, and we'll see, but, um, uh, the game uh, will come out after all this time and all the wonderful hard work that's been done and put into it. Uh, April 5th, 2022 is the new date for the launch of the game that many have been waiting for. We shall see if that is the date. Um, uh, release dates in all industries seem to be, uh, I, I just put big question marks by them for a lot of reasons. <laughs> Understandably so. 
Uh, that is a look at Star Wars news. It is for now. We'll get to any stories we miss next week that are big and must be discussed. Before we get to your questions, though, we want to have a uh, audiobook recommendation for you. Joseph, what do we have? We are recommending the latest High Republic adventure, The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. We are going to be discussing it this week on Thursday for our deep dive. So if you want to get all cut up, you can give it a listen. You can and download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. All right, quick break. On the other side, your questions here on Force. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, as we have called it for uh, many years. And occasionally it's uh, something else to it. Uh, it, is the, it is the Dexter of our diner, is what I say. Uh, we've got some questions, Joseph. What do we got? Uh, we have uh, four questions, just like Dexter has four limbs. Well, I guess he has four arms. <laughs> Even more limbs. We only have uh, Dexter's arms. We don't have Dexter's legs. We have two questions from Twitter and two questions from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we'll go first to Twitter. This comes from Yuval Azdar. Uh, and Yuval says, I was thinking about the first time we see Anakin go dark in episode two. Do you think it was indeed the first time? Generally, I think it's an integral part of a Padawan training to deal with their darkness. Doesn't have to be murder. 
good point. Uh, what do you think? Uh, this is a great question about how much uh, is it a part of the natural training of a Padawan to explore or understand or deal with their darkness? And specifically, uh, had Anakin had some practice dealing with his darkness uh, before that moment? Where do you go with this one, Ken? I mean, I think the first time he goes dark is when Mason Yoda are giving him the cold shoulder up in Phantom Menace, you know, <laughs> ship cup, speeder ship. So he's, 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 he's a little dark up there. Uh, but I, I think, uh, I think this is Zach Clone moments is the first time he truly gives into it, but I, I, I have to believe he's danced with it before. I think that that's even intriguing for me in terms of storytelling of, you know, was it a bad day in training where things weren't going right? A fellow Padawan not keeping up. Was he, he mean to them? Uh, all those kind of things are, are on the table for me. And I think every time he was able to maybe pull back or stay in the light, but the less answers he gets from those around him, the less power to control uh, what's going around that he experiences, the more angry he might get. And I think also the education of what he's feeling. I, I do think it should be part of a Padawan's training, but maybe that's some what was going on with him or going on at the time. In fact, we see some great debate in the High Republic of some of these feelings are, are, are natural for Jedi. How do you use them? Should you use them? Where's the line? Those kind of things. And if you don't have the proper education to deal with those kind of tools, much like in real life, <laughs> mental health and, and all well-being all those kind of things and if you don't talk about them honestly maybe maybe things boil uh boil and and, and uh, kind of get uh, pent up inside and and then i think the more he pushes toward uh, a blow up in that situation yeah absolutely um i have not read it in a little while but there's that uh five issue obi-wan and anakin comic and uh, i believe anakin is is dabbling into a little bit of dark side certainly it's some early manipulations by palpatine in that yes. and yeah i i think yeah i think uh even if that comic book wasn't out there or or if i'm not remembering it entirely accurately yeah i think anakin kind of dipped into it and and the uh, uh it looked at it yeah. Yeah, <laughs> felt yeah. it uh in many moments uh before he just absolutely tapped into it and unleashed it uh in that horrible moment in episode two horrible uh from the the point of view of th that's a tragedy um yeah i think uh the fascinating story with with anakin to me is not only did he maybe not get the guidance that he personally needed uh, from Obi-Wan or Yoda, where they kind of, they gave him, they, they told him the dark side was, was not great and why and, and stay away from it. Uh, and maybe that's not what he needed. Maybe he needed a little bit more exploration of it. Uh, but also on the other side, you have Palpatine going, actually, it's great. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're the best Jedi ever. You're so powerful. Why don't you just let it go? And, like, you're so compassionate. You're so kind. Why don't you just let it rip? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's getting the opposite pressure. Uh, maybe an absence of the kind of talk about the dark side he needs. And in that absence, really manipulative, awful advice about the dark side. Mm, yeah and yeah in the absence of good uh good education comes the bad i guess you could say here huh yeah yeah but i'm totally with you if i were a jedi instructor uh i would definitely be like look the jedi's code is is great that's an aspirational code <laughs> about there is no emotion there is absolutely emotion uh and you should be incredibly honest with yourself don't be a uh, you know don't be afraid of the dark side impulses uh see them for what they are so they can be, be dealt with and, and recognize that, yeah, you're going to you're going to feel anger. You're going to miss your mother. You're going to wonder, Anakin. Uh, that's OK. What what we're trying to avoid is you taking actions based on those feelings that will hurt yourself and others. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Any other thoughts? 
No, it does mean I do want to revisit that Obi Wan and Anakin comic. Uh, yeah, it is. It's five five issues, and I remember it not being my favorite when it came out. There's some a little more wilder, weird sci fi stuff which doesn't immediately jive with me all the time. But I think I've more become more open to that. So I'll, be, I'll put that on the list of revisit. Yeah, it's definitely one I want to revisit, particularly when we're going to get uh, so much great uh, Kenobi uh, written materials, uh, mm-hmm. books coming out uh, along with the Kenobi show. So it'll be really fun to revisit yeah. uh, when we have time. Uh, moving on then to our next question from Xander. Uh, Xander says, old question that still puzzles me. In Rebels, why exactly did Yoda send Ezra and Co. to Malachor? Ezra told Yoda that he wanted to destroy the Sith, but no Sith were destroyed as a result of this. I guess the events on Malachor did lead to Maul's death, but he was no longer Sith. Uh, this was a really fun question. Uh, I love Rebels. I haven't done a full rewatch, uh, but I did, and I believe you did too, Ken, yeah. revisit this particular clip where Yoda and Ezra are, are having this chat. Yeah, and, and so this is a great question and reminded me how much I need to, you know, when, when time permits, go back into Rebels. And we, we'll we'll do that here on the show uh, soon, but uh, I, I did go watch the clip and, and I, I'll preface anything i say about man some of the larger context is is a little foggy in my brain uh to start the conversation yeah yeah i mean i think uh for me i i kind of had an instinct of like well i think this is what's going on i rewatched that clip and really really enjoyed it really enjoy how explicit uh yoda is about some of his own failings uh and how mm-hmm. much it that that ties into so many moments of Star Wars storytelling uh, about the Jedi perspective, what Yoda's hopes for Luke might be, uh, what's going on in The Last Jedi. It connects to so many great, great things, what Yoda is saying. Uh, and then I just uh, honestly did some reviewing of the history of Malachor itself. And for me, Ken, here, here's my take. You ready? Yeah. I feel like Ezra is in this path where... He knows he wants to protect his friends. He literally says to Yoda, mm-hmm. um, we have to fight. We've already decided we're going to fight. We're going to fight. I need to protect my friends. So how can I destroy the Sith? So he is on this verge in between wanting to uh, use the force for knowledge and defense versus using it to lash out. Uh, he is on the fence between uh, you know, saving what he loves uh, versus fighting what he hates. And I think Yoda gives him that sort of cryptic message of saying, Ezra really specifically asked, like, are we not supposed to fight? And Yoda wants him to focus on how the Jedi fight. And I think what Yoda wanted is, is here's like, yes, I understand that you are are young and impressionable and you have a good heart, but you're dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're dancing with the this path that could lead you down the dark side that's all about wipe them out. And I think what Yoda wants is to set Ezra on on the path that Ezra ends up on, which is one that values uh, defense. Um, I think a couple things happen. Like on Malachor, Ezra sees the devastation of a full-out war between Jedi and Seth. So just going to Malachor has that like, don't don't be romantic about this. This is what it is. This is when when conflict happens, look at look at the slaughter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think what actually happens on on Malachor is Maul is able to manipulate Ezra saying, Hey, there's a weapon here that can destroy the Sith. And it turns out to be a super weapon that could have slaughtered lots of other people. So it becomes this, this real metaphor for you go out wanting to, with your goal being uh, fight, kill, and suddenly that expands out, right? Yeah. And on Malachor, he realizes his folly, and along with Kanan, he he, he shuts down the weapon. Uh, so I feel like for Ezra, it, it's a real learning experience of, uh, I'm going to go to a place with the good intentions of protecting people, but 
the how of that is here's who I need to slaughter, not who I need to protect. Here's who I need to slaughter. And it almost spirals out of control. Uh, I also think it's it's meaningful that that trip to Malachor, Malachor really is, it's a turning point for Kanan, Ahsoka, and Ezra, right? Um, and I think for me, uh, without, you know, reviewing every single beat, I feel like this is kind of a pivotal moment where Ezra's in between. Do I use this for defense or do I use this to attack? Is attack the only form of defense? And Ezra's ending in Rebels is all about defense, right? Yeah. I'm saying it's not, it, it, Obi-Wan said this isn't my path either. I just want to protect my home. I want to protect Lothal. And his end beat is sacrificing himself w- with the Purgle move. It, total Jedi defense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how I kind of viewed it, that it was Yoda saying, I understand you want to destroy the Sith, but that's not how to fight. You need to focus on defense and saving people. Yeah, one one of the highlights of it, if if you look at the episode Shroud of Darkness, and you know, I went to Wikipedia to get a refresher on it, uh, no doubt. They have a great quote at the top of the page: "How Jedi choose to win." The question is, and and that's Yoda to Ezra, and that's so much of what's going on here. And I love the revelation that, uh, especially to Ezra, of Yoda being like, "Yeah, I fought for years because I gave it to fear," and that kind of being a what? But you're Yoda, and, and <laughs> to, to go to the ruins of Malachor to think what's actually on there. Yeah, to see the death, destruction, change it. And you're so right to tie it all into this journey of Ezra into into the the big old Purgle Town move at the end. And that's a great point and a, and a great connection there of what's going on and for for Yoda to just kind of. So, so plainly uh, talk about it, it is the big how. And, and for Ezra, in watching that particular scene, I, I totally get it. And this I talk often too of just like growing up in the 80s and, and you know, Luke saved the day. But I don't think you really as a kid, I didn't stop to think how until later, uh, we, you know, and the why and, and all the bigger questions behind it. But you go there. He tells everybody, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go destroy Vader, right? That's how we win. That's how we do it. And and and, and again, watching Last Jedi this week and, and seeing what that's all about, seeing about it, the point is to survive. To put, and it's some, that's a different way of victory. To talk about, we're going to talk about the fallen star uh, this week. Uh, not to spoil anything, but there's a character, Orla, that talks, uh, that comments on, you know, uh, her idea of victory, a different style of victory and, and, and aggressiveness is not always the path to victory and it should not be the path to victory, particularly for Jedi. All that dumps into this pretty powerful scene with Yoda. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, this is why that series has the love it does. Mm-hmm. It's so connected to the big course of Star Wars and to just have Ezra in that moment, all that to say to have Ezra in that moment, kind of on his knees before is this image and, and vision of Yoda and have him just be kind of like, well, I don't understand. We're gonna, we gotta win, right? And I want to protect the people I love, and I gotta win to do that. And 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 uh, Yoda calmly just kind of saying, "How you do it is the key. That's uh, it's important, and that's everything." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, this is a great question. Thanks, uh, Xander, for the opportunity to uh, revisit this beat in Rebels. And yeah, I definitely uh, definitely want to do a rewatch myself. And uh, yeah, I think uh, at some point we will do the. The epic <laughs> rewatch with uh, the the Rebels report uh, here on Four Center. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on? No, other than I'll tell you this: and and, and it's not too long ago that I I rewatched seasons one and two. Then that's when you and I really started the Clone Wars report. And it's like, well, I'll put that aside and and dive in Clone Wars, which has been a wonderful journey. But in going through just like looking at episode lists and going, wait, wait, what episode was this? Man, all of them great, but season three is just full of some of the best Star Wars. It's just- <laughs> it is, it is a great. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to rewatch it. You know, I watch them, uh, you know, a week at a time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, having spent even more time with the Clone Wars, and I think Rebels is its own thing, but such a sequel to the Clone Wars in particular that I can't mm-hmm. wait to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, we'll move on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. The first one comes from Jonathan Curdy. Jonathan says, Star Wars dreams. But rather than in-story character dreams, my question is about if you, Joseph, and Ken have any memorable times where you dreamt about Star Wars. I will share two that I can think of now. The first dream I can recall in which I died involved a botched attempt to rescue Lego <laughs> Kit Fisto from a castle dungeon. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lego Kit Fisto. Ken does indeed make an appearance in that uh, Lego trailer we were talking uh, about. Right. Right. Uh, back to Jonathan's dreams uh, Jonathan says the second in the year before The Force Awakens came out I had a dream where I was cast as some minor role in the movie I was sitting in a room across from Hayden Christensen I was handed a script and I woke up just as I raised the pages to read them uh, to quote my man Jar Jar, how rude. I'm not really the sort to put meaning behind dreams, but they can be fun to recount, especially the weirder they are or the more they have to do with Star Wars. Thanks. Love the show. Thank you, Jonathan. This is a really fun question. Ken, uh, where do you go with this? What are your Star Wars and or Star Wars related dreams? Yeah, I, look, I um, I can tell you this. I'm really jealous of anyone who can have Star Wars dreams, actual dreams. Um, I, I, I don't recall that. I, I got to be honest with you. Daydreams? I got I got pages of daydreams. <laughs> uh, I am uh, like everyone. I dream. I just uh, yeah. I I, I rack. I, I sat there on a Sunday afternoon on my couch, just going, "There's got to be one. Got to be one." Where suddenly I was running around the Death Star. Not one, Jonathan. Not one. Like I said, daydreams. Flying a Y wing, going on a trench run in my Plymouth Colt. Uh, anytime it was patrolling a hallway in a mall at two in the morning with a D cell, four D cell uh, flashlight. Man, that was a blaster. Sneak around the Death Star all the time, every day. Still do it. I can't see a lightsaber and not pick it up and just daydream. But uh, deep subconscious dreaming, not there. Do you dream in general? Do you remember your dreams? Obviously, everybody dreams. But are you a lucid dreamer? Do you remember your dreams? Uh, not, not, not a lot. No, not a lot. There's, yeah, obviously some come and go, you know, uh, and weird ones over the course of my life. I still remember some some weird ones. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no. No, no, no. I, I really don't. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's a good or good sign or bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you that I don't have like really specific like, oh, I'm on Dagobah and I'm disappointing Yoda, right? Or whatever uh, kind of <laughs> <laughs> whatever kind of dream. Uh, you know, I've definitely had some fun dreams in life, but I have a lot of dreams like, like, oh, th- these are not difficult to analyze uh, yeah, why yeah. this this uh, person represents this thing I'm wrestling with. Uh in dreams, I know some people have like the flying dream, right? Mm. All through my life in many dreams, I have uh, been, I've had like a dream where I'm like, oh yeah, I can use the force, but people don't believe me and I really need to concentrate and sometimes it doesn't work. But it, I remember that palpable feeling of like, oh yeah, I can do this. I totally forgot that if I concentrate, I actually can float things. And it's a really weird uh, dreamlike feeling because the it, you would think that would be a dream about being you know, thrilled, but it's a dream about like, um, trying to do the best that I can and feeling like I'm, I'm failing. Right. Yeah. Cause every time I'm, it's a force dream. It is about, uh, like, Oh yeah, I forgot I have this great tool. And if I really concentrate, it works. <laughs> Even if people don't believe in me. There you go. There you go. Uh, so the force, just using the force, but it's never in the context of, and I'm knocking over it and at it. It's always in the context of like, Ah, that plant fell over. <laughs> I forgot I can fix that. Um, the the one really clear Star Wars related dream I've had, and I think I've mentioned this before, I've had dreams more often where I, I meet creators that uh, I admire. And I had one dream a while back, this is probably about I, maybe 10 years ago, I don't know, uh, that 
Lucas himself uh, appeared to me in, in my dream. It was real clear, and he was he had that Lucas deadpan. Yeah, no, sure, yeah. Um, and he's like, oh no, yeah, no, no, no. yeah, lightsabers are real. I'm like, you want one? He's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, and then he showed me how to use it and the, and the real practical application in the real world, which was uh, cutting the top off a whiskey bottle instead of opening it. <laughs> and I'm sure I could analyze that dream, but I'm yeah. just going to enjoy it instead. Uh, see, that's, that's great. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't have a ton of those dreams. I once, I, I've talked about it on, on another show once. I, I once uh, had a weird dream in the mid 2000s where me and Paris Hilton were on a, a Melrose uh, cafe and I was talking to her about a, the, the, her choices in men being bad for her. It's the most <laughs> detailed dream I've ever had. I was just sitting there going, eh, it's just not, it's just not right for you. It's, it's not, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta get something better. Hey, she recently got married, right? So maybe, maybe she listened to my dream. Yeah, I think I think you really helped Paris Hilton. I, yeah. I love thinking of dreams like that Lego Star Wars game of like over three hundred characters to pick from. What anxiety? Like, which character will act out your anxiety? Will it be Yoda or Paris Hilton? Yeah. Now I just got to mention George at a table over. Going, yep, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Great question. Thank you. We're gonna move on to our final question. This one comes to us from Alden Diaz. Hello, Alden. Ellen uh, Alden says hello there, dearest Force Center friends. I hope all's well as we embrace the ending of this year and hopefully find reasons to be jazzed about the new beginnings of 2022. Uh, again, a reminder: it takes us a while to get to all the questions. Uh, Alden continues. I've got a potentially expansive Star Wars meets real life question for you this time. I've been doing a lot of thinking lately about the specific relatable energies of various Star Wars scenes and how we as fans apply those energies to our everyday lives. I'm thinking about times as a kid in elementary and middle school where I tried to harness the confidence of Anakin jumping out of his yellow speeder above the lights of Coruscant. Or times when I worked in restaurants and grocery stores in which I tried to start a shift with the calm presence of Qui-Gon kneeling during the duel of the fates. So I'm wondering what scenes you've tried to channel and harness in your own life. Are there specific instances where you can remember calling on a scene for the right emotion? I mean, who among us hasn't tried to convey the romance, swagger, and mental fortitude of Han's I know scene? Who hasn't walked into a tough situation post-2017 thinking they could give off the purpose of great Luke? Curious what stories you'll have to tell, be they deep, passionate, silly, angry, or otherwise. Cheers. Cheers to you, Alden. Thank you for the great question as always. Ken, uh, where do you go with this? Uh, When have you really channeled Star Wars energy in real life? Yeah, and I I, I do have some uh, stuff here, but shout out to uh, the Qui-Gon scene. Uh, that one's popular for a lot of reasons though. I think we all should be a little bit more like Obi-Wan when he finally finds that calm a bit later to actually get the victory there. Um, yeah, I think that's key. But, um, for me being a Han guy, of all the Han moments to choose from when I say I'm a Han Solo guy, like I connect to him with ways that looking back, I didn't even see at the time, you know, maybe who knows what came first, my connection to Han or Han influencing me. I don't know. I don't know. And because of that, one of my favorite moments is in Return of the Jedi when he turns back to Luke and Leia and goes, hey, it's me. <laughs> um, it is just this example. It is the utmost confidence to go try to do something that will probably fail. It's also a little bit of how I, I do kind of just, I, let's just go where it goes. We're, don't worry. We're going to come out of hyperspace on the planet. It'll work out. Will it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> And, you know, Joseph, you've been broadcasting with me for years. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know. We just turn the mic on. We'll figure it out. We'll get it. We'll just do it. And uh, that doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. And then you have to find your way out of that. So I think often for better or worse, hey, it's me. 
Yeah, no, that's a really great one. Han has a lot. There's a lot of little Han things. Uh, you know, I didn't consider myself uh, uh, sort of a, a Han guy because he felt too cool. Uh, but as I got older, I think I gravitated to the moments where Han <laughs> Han is paying for his hubris. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one that I, I don't actively try to project, but I think I kind of try to feel that energy out of, uh, well, maybe this will make me feel better to connect to one of my heroes. Uh, the look on Han's face when the hot wiring uh, of the Endor bunker actually makes it worse. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, I can just hot wire this thing. Yeah, <sighs> jeez. Oh, actually, total opposite result than what I wanted. <laughs> look, and side note, side note, there's sometimes, I recently said it, I was on a Rotten Tomato show and I said this where I, I say Alden in Solo uh, not Alden Diaz, Alden Ehrenreich and Solo uh, was more Solo than, than Harrison Return of the Jedi. That's just a big sweeping generalization, by the way, sometimes to prove a point about how much I love Alden. But there is some great Han in Return of the Jedi. And you you just hit on one of my favorite ones as well. It's it's so great, right? I mean, when you're just you're trying to fix some broken thing that won't work or some easy open tab that just not. You know, it's it you easy open it the way it's supposed to. And, you know, mozzarella cheese explodes in your kitchen. And just like mm, that. It, that look on his face. It's the, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Complete opposite of, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this one before with Han too, cause these are my, my two Han ones. And this is just, uh, I am entertained by it. Uh, when I finally had access to the original trilogy on VHS and was watching it a lot more in high school, I thought there was something so cool about the way Han walked up the stairs when he's exiting the cantina. And it's such a short, yeah. a short shot, but he's just like, he's, he doesn't move his back. It, you know, he, he doesn't like bend or flex as he walks up the stairs the way, you know, most humans do. And then I spent a good chunk of my time in high school walking up the back, like walking up the stairs with a totally straight back, like Han Solo and kind of internalizing that. I look cool. And I'm sure people are like, how how did this 16-year-old throw out his back? What back injury does he have that he's walking weird like that? I guarantee you nobody looked at it and went, cool, like Han Solo. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So those are a couple for me. I got a couple more, but I want to bat back to you. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple as well here. Uh, this one, is, it's it's one um, recent. And I think the way we we uh, keep diving into things on Force Center, it unlocks a lot of things in, in the scenes and, and provides sometimes inspiration that's not directly what the scene is Providing us, like, it's just kind of this general, like, I go to that energy, like Alden's kind of talking about here. And it is uh, Jin's Until the Chances Are Spent speech in mm. Rogue One. And that has taken on new meaning for me just as we get deeper into Star Wars here. But also as I got older and outside my comfort zone career-wise, I was kind of a nine-to-fiver, safe and secure kind of, you know, suit and tie job that was uh, killing me. But I had it and had a paycheck every two weeks. Da, da, da. And then I got into the entertainment side, the digital media side, and those jobs went away. And now I've been freelance and sometimes on my own. Then something comes back in and then it fails. And I, I go back to that energy a, a lot. I'm not trying to topple an empire or steal, <laughs> some, data, steal some data plans, but just that, like, it's kind of life for me. We just keep taking the chances until the chances are spent. And that's all you can do. And it's all we're going to do here. And it's a real forward moving, positive, uh, if not a realistic and stoic approach, I guess at times. But uh, I just love that scene. And, and it's taken on again, more meaning. That was, I remember even in the trailers, I, I, was, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about that scene. Some of the delivery, the way they cut that in the trailer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's such surface BS when you're looking at movies like these. And, and that scene is, is about so much now and so much more. And, and I, I say that a lot. You know, something I was working on for the last year, failed, failed. I was like, all right, the chance was spent there. We got more chances to take. I really connect Jen in that moment. 
Yeah, no, that's a really powerful one. I was, in fact, uh, thinking about that this weekend because I think there's a lot of, in our society, we've grown up with a lot of really well-meaning, like, uh, you know, if you can dream it, you can be it, make it happen, right? Um, right. And a, a comforting thing for me in Star Wars is we all do have power as individuals. And, you know, for, for things like, you know, career success, uh, you know, particularly when it isn't, uh, when it's any kind of career that is not climbing a ladder, yeah. <laughs> but more parkour of like you, you take the opportunities you get and you either fall down the building or you manage to get three stories up in two bounds, right? Uh, yeah. Like uh, all careers are hard, but I, I think there's a difference too when there's, there, there isn't a prescribed way, you know, to, yep. to do it. You, you got to find your own way. Uh, there's a comfort in thinking about it of like, I can control the chances I take. I can control the leaps I make. And then I can't control what happens next. And Jin's version of that is so, it's so comforting, mm -hmm. <laughs> like you're saying, of that energy of like, well, I'm doing everything I can. I've taken this chance and this chance and this chance. And then if they don't work out, um, I'll either take another chance or I won't be able to. And I'll have done everything that I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the, that energy of I've done everything I can. <laughs> yeah. It's all you can do. It's all you can do. Yeah. And, then we, and then we are sitting there. We're like, we're like a uh, shared Emway going, yes, forces with us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a yeah. great one. Uh, yeah. You got some more? Uh, yeah. A couple here. Uh, I'm really starting to, to mentally go back to the Obi-Wan Maul from Rebels moment. Speaking of Rebels in season three, uh, just there's so much in there. I mean, yeah, that scene other than just being, oh, that's awesome. But the more you dig into that scene over the over the years, uh, there's just so much to take there. And just kind of this peaceful determination in Kenobi. It's just something to behold. The whole, look what I've risen above. And it's this idea of uh, a big lesson of vengeance. Uh, vengeance is dead end. I, I, I kind of look at it that way. The lack of change in Maul versus the growth in Kenobi, especially as you get older, and especially as some of those chances are spent. And Suddenly you find yourself in a desert at a campfire going, I just might not have been in the plan, but I'm here and, and, I, and I've got to be, be true to myself and, and, and rise above it for what it is. A lot to unpack. So I go back to that a lot. A lot of quotes, a lot of moments and, and a lot of Kenobi energy in that particular moment. And then the final one for me as a person that's uh, become kind of a vegan and now mostly vegan and, and still trying to, to grow into more of that uh, lifestyle in terms of eating uh, for, for my health and, and for other reasons there as well. Uh, Chewy being grumpy as he puts down the pork is up there now. I, I feel that. Energy <laughs> <a lot. laughs> you look longingly at a hot dog and, and sigh. <laughs> and just all the little hot dogs are looking at me. And I put it down and put it down. Well, if uh, if we uh, walk by a street vendor uh, uh, at any point and you see like in Hollywood, they have a lot of those like yeah, hot dogs wrapped in bacon. Feel yeah. free, uh, by all means, to let out a, a mournful howl. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a couple more for me, uh, some that uh, go back a long ways. I, I remember uh, I was doing a sketch, a comedy sketch playing Luke Skywalker. And that was so fun to exude that Luke in, especially in Return of the Jedi with the hood. Mm -hmm. And I'm a yeah. I'm a calm but confident Jedi. I love that energy. And I my friend pointing out like when Luke's in front of Jabba, he does not interlace his fingers. He cups his hands and then puts his, yeah. his uh, thumbs together. So that was the thing I love doing on stage, pretending to be Luke. And it's a thing that's come in handy a couple of times when I'm like, uh, I kind of, I'm feeling tense and I have a lot of energy and I need to kind of focus it, do something with my hands. Uh, and that cupping gesture is so much more peaceful than the <laughs> interlace yeah. and squeeze your own knuckles. <laughs> love that. Love that. Uh, 
Luke's the, the the sheer weight of Luke's I'm sorry in Return of the Jedi when when Yoda's like saying it's too bad that you incomplete was your training and that you know we rushed to me and he's like, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh that is a delivery I have used sincerely in real life. Uh, <laughs> uh so that that's a big one. Um Obi-Wan in general, like uh all of our great uh, conversations that we've had over the these all these years on Four Center and mm-hmm. trying to internalize some of these some of these lessons of, you know, going into uh, situations where I know that um, impatience or anger is a risk and really trying to be like, ah, I can, let me, let me try to tap into that Obi-Wan mood. And sometimes it's more of a, a mood of, of curiosity of the, the for a drink energy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that he, when he's going to spring the trap or, uh, you know, uh, when he's curious about exactly which uh, hole in the, 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 uh, the physical body do the, uh, the zombie gene ocean worms enter. Mm. Uh, so sometimes it's that curiosity, but like, you know, in that, in that rebel scene, uh, it's before Maul even gets there when he tells Ezra, like, I'm going to, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but I, it's time to, to close this old wound or heal this old wound. Yeah. He absolutely knows nothing but anger and conflict is coming to him. And he's just like, eh, I'm not about conflict. <laughs> there, it ju- he's just, his resolve is so strong that like, the, I, I know, I know somebody else is going to make this a conflict. This is not going to be a conflict. I, mm. I'm not in a place of conflict, you know? Love that. That's really good mm. for me, that Obi-Wan energy. Final one for me, uh, I would say that this is a physical thing that I actually did do, sometimes on purpose. I think sometimes it, it just came out. Uh, it was mostly on stage or as a joke. I don't have a lot of reason uh, to do it uh, at home. Uh, but just a little physical thing in that great lightsaber battle between Obi-Wan and Maul in Phantom Menace. I love Maul's hand flare. It, and I rewatched the the lightsaber fight to make sure I knew exactly where it is. Yeah. It's after uh, Obi Wan has uh, severed uh, the the double sided blade, I believe, and uh, Obi Wan cuts at Maul's uh, feet, and he does the big flip. And as he lands, the one hand goes out. Like, wasn't that great? It's like <laughs> yeah. he's just like I know all the judges just gave me a ten. It's just a total like Maul's flare hand, <laughs> uh, and I've earned it. I earned that ten. I earned it. And I there's when it's doing more stand up, there was like specific punchlines that I would do the Maul uh, hand flare with. <laughs> So that's a, that's uh, a fun, beloved one. Hey, take, you're taking lessons from Kenobi and Maul. You, you know, there's true <laughs> balance there. Balance. Dangerous, dangerous. Well, thank you, uh, Alden, for the very fun question. Uh, thank you as well to Jonathan, Xander, and you've all, all great questions. That's it for the cues. That's it for the cues, and that's it for us. We're almost out of here today. Let me tell you where we can be found. We are Force Center Podcast. We're on Twitter, Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. We've been uh, uploading audio versions of the episodes over there. Thanks for all who are liking and subscribing and doing all those things there. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Had a question recently about, hey, where should I like? Uh, should I leave a comment and like on YouTube? Could I Should I rate and review on Spotify, Apple? What helps more? The truth is, it all kind of helps equally. Uh, wherever you're comfortable, wherever you use it, uh, hey, give us a, give us a review. That does help podcasts grow. It does help break the algorithms. Uh, if you're uh, you know want to, if you don't want to, yeah, that's fine. Just listen and enjoy the experience. But uh, I had that question this week, and I wanted to answer that there. Merch available at tpublic.com/user/forcecenter. Uh, you can. Support 
support us directly at patreon.com slash four center. From there, you can get into our discord and have a daily conversations about star Wars with our four center friends. We have a show currently going on uh, the companion app uh, called data bank dive. Uh, we'll tweet out uh, Friday mornings. We get to promote the episodes. Uh, we have uh, a lot of fun discussing things just randomly on the uh, data banks of star Wars. You can follow me at Cadnapsuck. Go to my website, cadnapsuck.com, for more information for my charity focus this week. Uh, it's that time of year again where I'll be uh, looking towards the fine folks at St. Baldrick's. StBaldrick's.org is the website they are uh, to go to. They are a uh, great organization that helps raise funds, awareness, uh, research, and just, uh, again, general awareness and, and help and hope for uh, childhood cancers and those suffering from them. Uh, a friend of mine, Jeff Saunders, um, has a great uh, podcast out there. Has a character named Hillbilly Scribs, and every year Jeff works in that. He's uh, he's um, works in the industry in the ch- childhood uh, cancers, and every year he does a big shaveathon. And and St. Baldrick's has that mm-hmm. coming up this time of year. So uh, I'll tweet out some more information where you can support my friend uh, Jeff uh, if you'd like, or if you want more information, just go to stbaldrick's.org. And Joseph, what do you have? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for links to all sorts of other things, my other podcast, Obsessed, uh, shows I've written for, uh, comedy albums, all kinds of stuff on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. The group that I'd like to highlight this week is Illuminative. Here's what the group, uh, how the group describes themselves. Created and led by Native peoples, Illuminative is a new nonprofit initiative designed to increase the visibility of and challenge the negative narrative about native nations and peoples in american society if you want to check out all the different things they do or donate to them you can go to their website at illuminatives.org slash donate absolutely good stuff i love that we're highlighting that Uh, so uh check that out and that is it for this week so for kenobi around a campfire and all of his energies this has been force center we'll see you next time here on force center